I hope what they say at my funeral is just things that I would say about myself. You know, I don't... It's just honesty, you know? Yeah, he made mistakes. I mean, we all, we all do. Big ones, small ones. Um, we run over people to get what we want at times. I mean, I've done it all. And I hope they say that. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of a life fully optimized with Megan Hoppin. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Relish Studio. Check them out on the web at relishstudio.com. They are a digital marketing firm devoted to purpose-driven business leaders, and their goal is to guide and support their customers as they realize the full potential of marketing to fuel both business and personal growth. Speaking from personal experience, I have worked with Relish on websites, logo design, and in fact, the editing of this very podcast. I can't say enough about them. And my friend Stu is just a wonderful human. He is totally in alignment in terms of environment and sustainability, two things I'm very passionate about. And in fact, their entire business is a 1% for the planet partner which means they're giving back a percentage of their revenue to environmental causes and organizations. I just love these guys. I can't say enough about them. If you decide to check them out and you want to hire them for a new job, make sure you mention the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast to them and they will offer you a 10% discount off of their normal rate on their first engagement with you. Check them out, relishstudio.com. Welcome back, listeners. This is part two of my interview with friend Jay Thomas talking about issues like sobriety, recovery, alcoholism, and its pervasiveness in our society, as well as being an entrepreneur, taking risks, and living an intentional life. As you heard in episode one, we focused on Jay's recovery and his uh, hard work on a daily basis in this process that he's going through to confront his alcoholism and to live a sober life. And we continue to dive into those topics in round two. In fact, we talk about Jay's low moment and I think you'll see the power of that discussion. And then we talk about more about life and business and crafting each day intentionally instead of just passively letting life go by instead making very strategic decisions about how a day will be spent and how one's time and energy will be spent, what types of activities we say yes to and we say no to and the people that we have in our lives, and to what extent those decisions that we make for ourselves impact our life enjoyment, satisfaction, fulfillment, and happiness. Uh, I've known Jay since the early 2000s when I began bike racing and he has been a supporter pretty much from the start of my various endeavors and bike racing activities and entrepreneurial um, undertakings. And uh, it was truly my honor and privilege to interview this good friend of mine on a topic that is so important and touches so many people. And I love the fact that he offers himself 
to be available for people to contact directly if you want to talk about these issues. I'm going to include his email on the website so that you can reach him and he is happy to talk to you if you are if there's something about this podcast that strikes a chord with you, he wants to hear from you. And you're also going to hear how we both love the Ritual podcast, uh, how it was a big part of his actual realization that he was dealing with some alcohol issues and it's uh, the Ritual podcast has been a really big motivator and inspiration for me to launch this podcast. So we share in our um, similar sort of obsession slash appreciation of the ritual podcast. And I definitely would recommend that you check it out if you haven't. All of that to say, give episode number two a listen. I hope you enjoy it. I sure did enjoy my time with Jay Thomas. I can't wait to have him back on the show. And I do want to apologize for the fact that we were sitting outside at a coffee shop with some traffic passing us by. We did the best that we could. I uh, went ahead and spilled a bottle of kombucha all over my laptop too, just to keep life interesting. But Anyway, presenting part two of my interview on the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast with guest Jay Thomas. Welcome back to the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast, part two with Jay Thomas. We're talking on the subjects of sobriety, full optimization, a life of maximum enthusiasm, and living your best day every day. We're going to pick up episode number two with Jay telling me a little bit about some of the podcasts that he previously listened to when he was drinking some of the ways that that impacted him in his sobriety because he and I both share a love and respect and adoration for the Rich Roll podcast and uh, Jay tell me a little bit about how that looked because I bet it caught you off guard yeah I you know I've listened to Rich from his first podcast and I through my podcast listening I went in and out of his podcast because he was once again making me feel uncomfortable with my drinking because he's a recovering alcoholic and a lot of his um, podcasts were based around recovery especially in his initial days you know his books based around his recovery um, his battle with alcoholism and there were just there were times when I didn't want to hear what he had to say so I quit listening so he would touch on his triggers or his patterns and be like whoa shit that's way too close to home too close to home and I I'm not an alcoholic. I don't want to listen to that. We'll go to another podcast and listen to something else that makes me feel good because I don't want to feel bad today and I don't need anybody telling me that I'm an alcoholic. And is that a red flag? Looking back, is that feeling oh, a red flag? Oh, absolutely. Like, I listen to his podcast every day now. I mean, I listen to every podcast that he publishes from start to finish now. None of them bother me. I'm excited to hear them. I plan bike rides around listening to Rich Roll's podcast. So I don't, I mean, abs- there's no doubt about it. Like, I shall look. That's when I started to know that I had a problem because I'm I'm a smart enough guy to say, "Whoa, Whoa. reacting to this." Yeah, I, I would push it down and bury it and have a drink, you know, because that's the way you deal you, you would deal with those emotions. But now I I know now and I knew back then. It's like I got a problem. This guy's just calling it what it is. Our lives aren't parallel, but there's similarities in our lives. Um, I just he's very he's very black and white when it comes to it there's no there's no gray area with him when it comes to this stuff and I didn't appreciate that at the time as much as I do now but now you're in that camp absolutely now you're a yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know there, there were times where I tried to will myself to quit drinking and I'd go a week and then I would I'd start drinking again and 
during that week I'd listen to his podcast because I'm sober now and you know and then all of a sudden something would trigger me and I'd start drinking again and I'd start hiding it again and I wouldn't listen to his podcast anymore because I didn't want to hear about how he had kicked the addiction and how great his life was and how he was turning his life around you know I mean the guy hit rock bottom big yep. time financially socially from alcoholics yeah, yeah. so yeah, he's you know he's been a big part of my sobriety, and he's a big part of my sobriety today. He plays a big role in the podcast that he brings to the table, or thought provoking. He brings very smart people in their fields, um, and everything touches around that health and wellness, living a better life, being a fuller self. Um, things that I'm trying every day, and I know I'm getting better. I'm not the best that I can be, but and with you know podcasts like his and you know I do listen there's other podcasts that I like you know this American life there's you know just some fun ones that I really get into but his is really kind of the staple I mean of my podcast stable of what I listen to and I don't miss them I've, I've, I've listened to a couple of them several times because I'm a little slow with the uptake once in a while I, I hear what I want to hear, yeah. <laughs> you know, or I'll be out at the bike ride and you're like, oh, I gotta listen to that yeah. section again because I gotta write something down. Um, yeah, so. You and I have that in common. I'm a yeah. firm, firm believer. In fact, it inspired this very podcast. Uh, so on my drive here yesterday, I was listening to his episode with a guy named Chris, who was a real um, Wall Street, um, you know, broker trader, super uber successful, yeah. got himself hooked on heroin. Yeah. And he talks in the podcast about how he doesn't have a problem because he would just use heroin when he was drinking with his buddies. And then he remembers the day that he decided to just go home and snort a line on his own. Yeah. And then he remembers when he started waking up and snorting cocaine and heroin to kind of kick off his day and then get through his yep. day. And he kept saying, as long as I could get up and go to my job yep. and be there on time and pay my bills and get my shit done, I don't have a problem. Yep. Even though it's fucking heroin. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so... Then he talks about the elevator hitting ground floor, and it was when his girlfriend, well, first of all, he basically lost his heart rate twice, yep. and his girlfriend having to resuscitate yep. him, and then his best friend had to hire him from his job, because he called him at 6 a.m. on a Sunday, yeah. telling him he couldn't come, come to work, to work. he's like, dude, what are you doing? It's, it's Sunday, it's not Monday. Sunday. Yeah. So, I was listening to that and thinking about our interview today, yep. and I wanted to kind of backtrack in our timeline, because yep. we've talked a lot about your recovery, yep. and I want to talk specifically for our listeners who may be, this may be causing some discord in that, yeah, as yeah. it did for you. Yeah. What was your elevator going down and what was the moment? Um, I went to bed on a Saturday night with a drink to bed and I woke up and Sarah said hey you and Jack should go get some donuts so they have some donuts I'm like okay I want to go do that you know everything's normal and I came back and we ate our donuts and Sarah called me into the room and uh, said I've, I found all your bottles they're in the garage stacked up on your bench um, you've got to figure this out I'm here to support you um, the best that I can, but we're not doing it this way anymore. 
and I got in my truck and I drove to my first A meeting within about an hour. Um, on the way to my A meeting, I called Ryan Atkinson, the owner of Smart Detailing, a good friend of mine, and said, I'm going to an A meeting. He got really quiet. He's like, I didn't know. I'm here to help you. Um, and I went to my first A meeting for an hour, got in my truck, drove to my sister's house, told my sister, drove to my parents' house, told my parents. Um, that was my low point. You know, I didn't have any problems with the law. I didn't, you know, I luckily, you know, no health issues other than gaining a lot of weight and looking like a miserable person. Um, when you look at your driver's license picture, what, what uh, emotion <laughs> does that evoke? Because I know that that was the old day. Yeah. Are you glad not to be him anymore? Oh, absolutely. I I probably won't change it for a while because it, it's a good it's a good checkpoint to have. It's something good to look at to remind me. Um, yeah, that was my low point. And two days later, I was in counseling, getting a recommendation to go to first step. Within a week, I was in first step. And tell me what that looks like. That was intensive out, intensive outpatient therapy. That was um, six months of group sessions, three hours a day, three days a week, um, and then one hour of individual counseling. And then you go into, you cut that in half for two more months after that and then you graduate upon graduation you're kind of released into the world um, I made the decision to continue with my group therapist there so I see her continually every Friday when I'm in town when I'm traveling she's available via phone if we want to do it that way she'll do Skype with me if I want to do it that way when I'm traveling um, but yeah that's what, it, that's what it looked like you know had to tell my kids wasn't easy, um, but I think they're both proud of me today for it. I bet they are. So, yeah. Had you ever been in therapy prior to this? Like this type of regimented No, therapy? God, no. No, 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 no. No, I, um, I got out of the Marine Corps. I hit the ground running pretty fast and furious. You know, it was, tried. Uh, some shit happened there, but I'm not going to do yeah. it. Yeah. We got married, I went into, I was gonna go to school to become an EMT, got into EMT training saying this is just more military stuff, I'm not gonna do this. Became a bike mechanic, became a bike rep. You know, started to kind of move up through the bike industry really fast, opened a bunch of bike shops, never dealt with any of my, my stuff, my, my stuff from the Marine Corps. And there's a lot of stuff there. Um, stuff that I'm proud of and stuff that I'm pretty hard on myself about. I was just doing what I was asked to do. Um, but that's, I'm a pretty compassionate person, so looking back on those times, it's, it's a lot of who I am, so it's, you know, there's, you wrestle with this, some of my success is built around what I was trained in and I did in the military, I mean, so there, there's just a lot of emotions that have been around that that I never dealt with, and for the most part, people around me praise my military. And that's a struggle too, because I don't know if I always praise it. So, yeah, I mean, the low point was, it was low. I mean, it was, it was the end and the start. 
you know. And so. for the listeners, you've been married to your wife for 25 years. Yeah. So this was not a new relationship. It was um, like she'd been around through all of this. And, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, she drew her line in the sand, right? Yeah. She had watched I, I, you. She had been getting counseling for it. I think her counselor just said to her, do you want to continue to do this for the rest of your life? Because that's what you'll do if he doesn't get help. And then even after I got help and I was having success, her you know, her counselor's husband was an alcoholic and they had been divorced. And she said, you know, just watch yourself, which she should, you know. That's why I'm so open about it. Because it's part of my life and it's part of who I am. It's how I, it's how I've chose to deal with it. Um, so she's been a big support. I mean, I, there's, she's been the number one fan by far. And there, that's been your continuing theme is having people in your corner has been you, critical. You can't do it, you know, you can't do it without it. There's, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. You, you've got to set, you've got to set the table. And you got to be very deliberate about how you set the table and what you what you serve, and the people that you invite to the table is really, really, really crucial, and they have to understand. You know, I've I've heard stories of girlfriends, you know, guys that were in counseling. There's this ex-military guy in there, and I don't come across as the military dude. He didn't. He had no idea about my background. He was trying to do this old gruff military thing, and he's telling this story about how his girlfriend at night now at dinner she sets a beer in front of him to test him and I just looked at him and I said that's about the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard he's like who are you to say that and he started to get, he started to like go into his military mode and start to like tell me all this stuff what he did and I was like dude I was a marine sniper in a golf course you don't need to pull that shit with me and he got really quiet and I said I'm as strong as they come I think I am but that would never work <laughs> That, that, setting you up to fail that just prolongs that just prolongs the agony you know and I've seen him since on the street and he's acknowledged me and I've gotten the nod I know what the nod means I'm better I don't think he'd probably talk to me because it's from a male standpoint it's too much there yeah but I, I do know that he's that he's done better and I don't think they're together. Which sounds like a good thing. Doesn't right? yeah, I mean yeah, relationships are triggers. I mean yeah. if you use together, that's that's something that's gotta be dealt with because one to continue to use and the other one try not to use or you go into treatment together. I I'm sure there's the outlier cases where things are all sunny and shiny shiny at the end, but I from what I can see you trigger each other and I don't I don't have that at all with Sarah I mean it's so good I got to experience you two together last night it's just so good there's this like magic there it's energy is palpable Um, that's good so let's let's flip the roles a little bit and say that you're the person being invited to the table to support someone that's struggling Um, and let's say that you're explicitly being invited to that table not just that you see someone struggling and waiting for them to own it but let's say that it's someone like you who has called up a friend and said this is the thing I'm dealing with what have these people done to show up for you and what advice would you give to someone who gets that call well for me if somebody gives me that call which I've had that a couple times 
Since your sobriety? Yes. Oh, that's magic too. Um, some I can help, some I can't help, because some aren't good for me to help. It's just, it's just I, I can't be, I can't be everything to everybody, and the thing I've got to protect the most is my sobriety, because once that goes, everything else, I mean, it's just, that's the foundation for what I've built in the last year and a half, yeah. or over my entire life. Um, so if I feel like I'm going to have to question who I am while I'm helping them or listening to them, or I feel like I'm going to question my sobriety or possibly drink because there, there's triggers with them, no go. I, just, I just hit the eject button. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not right. Um, but for people that I hear saying the right things or wanting to do the right things in their heart, you know, I can be there. I can, I can help. I can listen. I, I'm going to just tell you what my experience has been. Yeah. I'm not going to give, I, I'm not going to give advice. I'm not going to tell you what to do because that's all stuff that has to come from yourself. Like I, and the people around you that love you, if they need to help nudge you, that's fine. But I'm just more of a sounding board. Hey, what's going on? What do you What are you thinking? This is my experience with that. This is what I did. This would be a, maybe a good place to start. Um, I'd probably even go as far as taking them there if they needed the ride there. But beyond that, I got my own sobriety. You know, I'm not I'm not trained in that. Um, I can listen and I can help and I can. I can be a beacon of hope because I can show you my driver's license picture and I can show you who I am today. And if, if you can't see the difference, then you got a bigger problem yeah. than you, you need to realize because I think it's pretty obvious. And, you know, I've, I've reconnected with people in the last two to three weeks that I haven't connected with for a long time. And the feedback is universal. Oh, my God, you look so different. Oh, my gosh, you're working at a different level. And you know, and I always thought I was working at that level, anyways. And I'm just like, and I, I know that I know the difference. I can feel the difference. So it's not surprising, but it's reaffirming that things are going in the right, the right direction. So on this new life path that you're yeah. on, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about just the concept of you know a life of maximum enthusiasm because you're you're in it right now. You are in it. You are as optimized as I've seen a human. You are firing on all cylinders. I imagine your feet hit the ground running in the morning. Yeah. Like your heart's full of fire. Yep. Your belly's just full of fire. And um, you know, to people who are maybe just kind of treading water or getting through their day, what advice do you have for them to kind of own the life and own the day? I think first off, first off, you just gotta want it. You gotta, you gotta really have a strong desire to have it, and then you just gotta make the commitment to making it happen. Because one of the things I ran into when I was first admitting to being an alcoholic is people around me feeling bad about that. Oh, I, I was part of your problem. I didn't see it. Um, you know, my mom had issues with it for a long time where she struggled with where she felt like, you know, just the Midwest lifestyle that we grew up on played a part in it. And I, and I just said, I, I own this. This is my issue. I'm going to I'm gonna deal with this. I need your support. I need your love. But I'm going to deal with this. And I think that when people get up and they want to 
they really want to feel like they're going in the right direction and they want to be super enthusiastic and they want to maximize their day and they feel like they're barely treading water right now I think you just have to be very intentional and very honest with yourself and that's sometimes it's, on, it's easier to be honest with other people yeah, yeah, but it's hard to be honest with ourselves, yeah. and I'm still not perfect at that. Believe me, I mean, I'm, I'm still, not, always fully honest with myself. But once again, that's what I work on every day. I don't, I don't get out like I, I, I work on myself now, in every aspect of my life, the way I used to work on my bike racing. Same efforts. Yep. Same efforts. There are certain times of the day that intervals are good, and there are certain times yeah. of the day that intervals aren't good. There are certain days that endurance rides are good, and there are certain days where they're not good. And that's that's just kind of the metaphor for life that I use. And you know, there there are days at work that's like an interval. You know, you can't do those every day. If you find yourself doing those intervals every day, yeah, you're not growing. And the bottom line is, you're you're heading down a path that's not going to be productive. Um, you need the days where there's endurance rides. Um, so. I, I think the honesty part with yourself, and that's from what I've seen, and what even for myself, that's the hardest part for people to, to be just brutally honest with themselves. Once you can get to that point, I really think you can start to maximize everything else, and then find those things, those new normals that help you do that. You know, fitness, diet. Um, yoga, meditation, work, family, you know, they, they all play such a close role, you know, and especially in the times we're in right now, these things to me are even more really more important. And I, I say all those things, and I'm probably only doing good at about 60% of them. There's still things in there that I'm really digging at. So like, I'm, they, my excitement is, is like, I know how I feel today man, if I just make these other steps and I even clean my diet up a little bit more and I do a few things over here, and I've just been riding my bike again for the last two months. I No riding for four years. I was done. I hated that thing. I, and that's what my career is built around. My businesses are built around the cycling industry. My, you know, my fitness was built around, my identity was built around it. I'm, I'm comfortable with it again. It took, a, it took me a lot of counseling to get there. But there was a ton of tension <laughs> with the fact that you hated the thing yeah. that you were selling to the world. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, I didn't want to sell it anymore. Then I was like, but I didn't want to go sell medical supplies right. either, you know, and I didn't want to work for anybody, but I wanted to own a business, and if I'm going to own a business, I better own it in the industry that I know the best. I mean, there were so many tensions there. Oh, I bet. But it's, it all, all that diet, laughter, you know, Fitness. Oh no no no. Oh absolutely. And I'm lucky that you know, Sarah and I are on that similar path together. You know, we're the same age. We're I would say she's probably more in the twilight of her career than I'm in the twilight of my career. I accept that. I'm fine with that. Um, whatever that looks like for her next chapter, that you know, we call it the third chapter, of the third act of our life. Um, I'm 
fully engaged and more than I've ever been. I mean, and I would say we both would probably say that. Um, we've, you know, we've, we've mishandled our relationship. I don't, and I'm not going to say I'm the only one, and I, she would never say that I'm the only one. We both have done that, but I know we're now, we're both really on the same page trying to do it together. And I think just the trust is coming back, and that just takes time. And I see a lot of relationships, and I'm around a lot of people that are in relationships, and even the ones that are really good, they lack trust. They just do. Like, it's, it's such a... Yeah. It's got to all be yeah. there. And that's and scary. Yeah. And that's scary um, for both of us. So. Yeah, but you're there. I get to see it from the outside. I get to see what that looks yeah. like. It's, I mean, I aspire to that. Like, yeah. It's really, really inspirational to be around the two of you. Yeah. And it's magic yeah. for sure. You know, she's, she's just a good human. I mean, she just does good things on a daily basis. And she's given her, you know, her professional career to helping people become better teachers and trying to to become a better teacher herself and and she's the amount of thank you cards and students that come back to see her you know the teachers don't get bonuses and they don't make a lot of money but she knows for a fact that every day those bonuses are coming in because you know you saw it last night the student she ran across last night they hadn't seen each other since high school now that student's a professor at Doan University and says I really want to reconnect with you because you made a big you know in a, in a two-minute conversation but that's that's common that's what we hope for yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and she and she's doing that and you know whatever that does in next year the year after we're good with it you know excited but I know that I've got I've got a lot of gas left in the tank and part of it is too is I now see what I can do the way I am so I really want to take advantage of it. It's it's a. Do you feel like you just went from a Ford to a Ferrari? Yeah, it's it's. So what's the return on the investment on this Jay? Before it was okay. Everybody thought it was great, but I'll tell you, it was just okay. Now it's like, man, if I spend ten years doing this, I'm yeah. So that that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. But you know that conversation, and yet the talk that we had last night—we both own businesses. Mm-hmm. And there's always the entrepreneurial pressure to scale, 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 right? Yeah. And we both agreed that for us, a certain type of life is our objective—the freedom to, for example, ride our bike yeah. during the day. Yeah. And at a certain point, scale becomes actually a limiting factor in yes. our personal freedom. Yeah. And so, to the point about living the life that you want to yeah. live you're making very specific decisions around the life that you want with your family and your wife as opposed to how much money can I make yeah. or the typical sort of American yeah. pursuit, Absolutely. Right? And that's not my accident either. No, and giving the people that I work with um, that back me up in what I do because that's what we're all doing together. We're backing each other up. I want them to have those lives too. I mean, I feel blessed that my account managers are genuinely having a good time and they openly admit it to me all the time that there's a whole paycheck in that one I mean it's just yeah and that's what I I, the bike industry changed my life it gave me a lot but there was always limiters now I kind of want to take those limiters off these off my account managers and I think they would say that I've done that I've given them the freedom 
alternative living yeah. and live the life that they want to live. And make the decisions during the day and not feel bad, you know. They they get the they get how every decision they make moves or changes the business and it moves or changes their life. You know, I don't really I get that some nights they get on their computer at nine o'clock and they answer a few emails. I don't want them doing that. That's not that's not my intention and I tell them that's not my intention. Well I do that because of this. As long as you're good with that and you're fine with that, but understand for me, yes, I do conference calls with Taiwan and Hong Kong and Australia or wherever they are, all hours of the day, all hours of night. That's the life I have chosen as part of the ownership part of this deal. Um, and it's something that I just genuinely enjoy. So, yeah, I, I want people to have a good time because I'm having a good time. You know, I want my friends to have good times. You know, so. So. What does the Jay Thomas legacy look like? What are they? What are they saying about you? Ooh. <laughs> what do you hope? What do you hope? Man, that guy was a jerk. No, I don't think we're gonna hear that. No, I. I think there will be. Um, there was a point in his life where he made an intentional change, and it was obvious. And I think he was a good person before, but I think he was a much better person after. And I think, I hope what they say at my funeral is just things that I would say about myself. You know, I don't, it's just honesty, you know? Yeah, he made mistakes. I mean, we all, we all do. Big ones, small ones. Um, we run over people to get what we want at times. I mean, I've done it all. And I hope they say that. But at the end of the day, it's he made an intentional decision to make a change. And when he did that, he gave as much effort to that as he gave to anything else. And that's why I think I am who I am today, you know, in August of 2018. And I know that's next year, this time, I'll be levels up because I, I do know there's areas that I still need to work on there's people I still need to talk to and there's forgiveness I still need to ask for but I think that's just that's just a lifelong pursuit like I don't you can't make the list the list is long the thank yous the I'm sorry's those are long lists but I think those are lists that I'm I'm making and that I'm willing to to go after and uh tell people like you thank you because you were there you know you I told you and you're like whoa awesome on you you know I, I kind of knew I kind of didn't know but great and you always you know you've always been there as a supporter of what I've done and I, I appreciate that so we just keep doing what we're doing and I suspect you're going to inspire a lot of people with sobriety too Jay yeah but I and I think that's, I don't know what that chapter looks like yet, but I do know it's part of my story now. And this is the first time I've been, I mean, I've been very honest about it with people around me, but I've not really been super public about it. Um, so it's, it starts today. It starts today. I'm so excited for what the future holds for you. Yeah. Yes. All right, Jay. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hotman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.